0: This is the Bob McCallum Podcast brought to you by Bett Rivers. Download the Bett Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Uh, McCallum with you and Richard Deitch sits in today for Shannon, who's on his way to uh, vacation time uh, as much as possible. He'll be back uh, next week with us uh, from his vacation uh, residence. Uh, but uh, Deitch had a pretty good idea, I think. I think it's a good idea. We'll find out. Um. Sports radio is changing continually, and sports talk is becoming less and less and or different. And uh, perhaps we will address where we're at right now and where we will be in the next five years. Um, Will things go back to the way they were? Uh, Will they continue to uh, go in the direction they're going? Will sports radio even exist five years from now? And who would have said that just a couple of years ago? We'll talk about all those things when we come back. Richard Deitch is the co-host today. Back after this. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money, anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. Rivers. Welcome back. It's McAllen and Richard Deitch is with us today. You had a, an interesting proposal for our discussion today. It's just the two of us. We have no guests today. What What did you have in mind?
1: Well, first, good to be here. Uh, John Shannon is somewhere, I assume, sipping margaritas and listening to... uh We're on his way to. Jimmy yeah. Buffett or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, my thought... Uh, coming on today. I don't know if me and you have ever talked about this. We certainly did um, in different parts when we were together at Sportsnet. But I'm really, you know, I'm in a very interesting position living in Toronto. So I'm very familiar, obviously, with sports media in Canada. But I cover United States sports media. So I'm really sort of involved in that. And one of the things that's been interesting to me, Bob, in terms of Canadian sports media, is that sports radio over the last couple of years, of, as we know it, has changed dramatically. Sure. Some of that obviously has to do with COVID and the fact that people were inside for so long. Um, there was there was just a drop in audience. Like people weren't in their cars, right? The wor- work as a general rule in in the world has changed from going to an office to many you know many people now work from their home. home. The the idea of travel at the moment is a little bit different, even though I realize we're sort of, you know, we're we're in a better place with COVID. And then in a lot of places, certainly particular at our old employer Sportsnet, there's much more of an emphasis on producing on-demand audio like this show for viewing not in real time, but after the fact. And so we're seeing a massive change, or we have seen a massive change in what sports radio used to be and what it might be heading forward and that's that's interesting to me the the idea of a canadian sports radio show now being destination listening at its particular time slot when it's being taped yeah it's almost ended i'm not saying there's not destination listening there certainly is you just look at the the top 20 podcasts of which this podcast is one And people are still interested in sports talk. That's not really the point. And people want that. But the idea of like a show, let's say, that starts like yours used to at like four o'clock and people specifically um, making like an appointment to listen at four o'clock, that's essentially over. And I don't believe we'll come back. And that obviously has had massive economic ramifications on the business.
0: Well, of course, when we were doing the radio show, Podcasts did not exist like so they did, but like in
1: this. yeah, but they, they, they in Canada they were far more in its infancy, yeah. than they are now.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, did COVID have an impact? Sure, but remember that, um, I mean, I was fired, Shannon was fired, um. A bunch, uh, all all of the big firings, the big name firings at sports. Do you,
1: do you call that? Fi- I mean, I, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but do you you would just you call that a firing more than a buyout? I would determine. Well, it was a
0: buyout, but yeah. so what? You know, it's. So still, I, guess,
1: I guess it's the same. The result is the same, but you know, they had they,
0: to. They paid me to to, to not do the show right. for okay. eighteen months. You know. Yeah. So that's a firing, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, but that all happened pre-COVID. Right. Well before COVID. So it wasn't a COVID issue. It was an economic issue. Right. They just decided, now, did the did the economics change dramatically? The ratings didn't change dramatically. I don't think the economics changed dramatically. I just think there was greed yeah. on the part of, of Bell uh, with TSN and with Rogers with Sportsnet.
1: Well, there's no... want to make but, more money. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that what has certainly happened in Canadian sports media, we've seen this, and that's the big two companies have have wanted to eliminate as many big salaries, long-time employees as they can because they believe that they can do, this is not a quality issue, by the way, they believe they can do programming by paying the people at a lesser rate than those who they pay. A hugely
0: for. lesser I, rate.
1: A hugely lesser rate. Now, I would argue that like, it's bad business to get rid of a Bob McCowan or it's bad business to get rid of um, someone who has a, an audience and can bring in quality bean counters at Rogers or bell would say, Hey, if we don't really care about like what the quality is, let's do this show by paying somebody 90 grand as opposed to a million. That's that would be their thinking. And as we know, or certainly I should say, as I know in the media company, and I know you know this Bob many times people in that chair, are judged by what the um, what the bottom line is at the end of the year. They're not judged necessarily on the quality of the programming, right? They are judged on a on what that dollar figure is. And what is
0: sure. the easiest well, they're way. Paid, they're paid based on that. I don't know if they're right. judged on that. Right, right, you're paid based, based on, that. on that.
1: You're more correct. And what is the historically in business? What is the easiest and simplest way to um, to 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 cut costs? It's to cut labor. Very simple. Always cut people.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, the people make a fraction of what we made, and I mean, you you were fired the same way, you know. And well, I was, and, yeah. I,
1: I they didn't renew. I would call mine. They didn't renew me.
0: So, well, okay, so they you're, they let your contract expire.
1: Yeah, yeah. They paid me for the last couple. I mean, I I didn't get it. It wasn't eighteen, but they they paid out the last three months of my contract. I don't call that a firing, but maybe I'm just uh, splitting hair. Well,
0: whatever, whatever it is, you yeah. know, I don't care. I don't care. I I don't I don't mind saying <laughs> I got fired. Yeah, yeah. You know, one minute I was doing the show, and the next minute they didn't want me to do the show. No, I know I so, was there. So you know that's the way it goes. Now, what was interesting was they wanted me to do the show for several months, more.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and of course I said, you know, bite me. You know, right. Thank you, you, you know, for the
1: privilege of of uh, of holding yeah, a know, guillotine above
0: my head. You have to pay me whether I do it or don't do it. Right. I'm like, why should I do it for you when you're going to let right. me go at the end of this anyway? So um I did about I guess 10 days or so, something like that.
1: No, I remember it was a very, uh, in very extra, weird time.
0: More afterwards, and then and then said no, and then said yeah. goodbye. And let's, you know, you, you look at the cast of characters that we had at uh at the fan. And even before you got there. I mean, there were some big name people there. Yeah. And there was some good money being spent on those people. Those are good people. Um, and we generated you know, enough money to pay the bills. Yep. And they had an audience. The audience is a fraction of what it is. And look at the people that they replaced us with. They replaced us with people with no background, no reputation. The audience did not, does not know any of these people for the most part.
1: Yeah. I, but I say, I don't want to like, I, I, I really want to be sort of specific here in that. Like, I, I think a lot of times this sort of comes from somebody who's, now I'm a long time union person in the States and stuff. So I, I, I really want to focus more on management than who's left. That's all subjective. Like you could think I sucked or you can think I'm great. You can think. I morning, suppose that's true. You know what I'm saying? You can think the morning show at the fan now is good. You can think it's not. That's well, more... what they
0: did is they took people who are making, you know, correct. High triple digits and more and replaced them with people who are making low triple Un- digits.
1: Unquestionably. If that. Um, yeah. Unquestionably. Some of that. Not some of that. A lot of it is economics. I think in some ways, you know, you do want, there's a value in getting younger. There's certainly a value in getting more diverse and getting more people of color on the air. But at at a very base level, even recently, I mean, if you get rid of a Steven Brunt, like you're getting rid of him, not because he's not an incredibly talented person. You're getting rid of him because he makes a ton of money. And you want to to write that contract off that year so you go into the next fiscal year without whatever the accounting is of his kind of contract. It's just very – it's. Never about, what's frustrating to me, and this is, this is not just a Canadian thing, this is certainly an American thing, so often these decisions have nothing to do with quality of, of talent. They have nothing to do with the audience. In fact, they're anti-audience. It's just about the accounting.
0: The truth is they're made by accountants. They're not Correct. made by broadcast people.
1: A hundred percent. And as you've now seen at Sportsnet, I don't know Bell well enough, Sportsnet continues to go through presidents, right? We just saw the last yeah. guy that I work for, Bart Yabsley. Is now yeah. gone. You worked yeah. for Scott Moore forever. You probably worked for guys before Scott Moore. This is before yeah, I my did.
0: time. Yeah. I so did. it's
1: just look at that. It's just amazing how many, how many the leadership of these places changes now as fast as like the N- and NBA roster changes.
0: Yeah, but how much how much control does leadership have anymore? I don't know. I mean, Moore had a fair bit of control, but he used to fight like crazy.
1: He did. It seemed you like know? to me he was a. I you know I Scott is the person who. Ultimately signed my contract when you brought me on, and Dave Cadeau, another guy who I have great respect for and appreciation for, brought me on. But Scott Moore, Bob was was a talent guy, right? You would know this better than me. Sure. He seemed to he seemed to respect and appreciate and wanted to bring in talent. And when you are in that position, and then your bosses start telling you you have to cut budget, you're screwed because then you are forced with the worst decision ever: do I stick around so I can fire people, or do I leave this job because I don't want to be yeah, the person could be. in charge of the seventh round of cuts that that wears on that sh- unless you're a total hack who loves who doesn't have any feeling about about hurting people's lives and careerhood I, I don't know how you could do that job after a while Do you know what i mean all you're being told is to cut people's jobs
0: um and i look at i um you you probably saw this I know you saw this uh, as much or more than I did ESPN went through this kind of situation multiple in, times you know yeah. multiple times but about seven eight years ago they started firing all kinds of people and yes, what they did of- is they, they they hired they hired people who were cheaper
1: they did but here's the one caveat with them when they want to hire somebody big salary they still do
0: they still so do they
1: they pick their spots they they have gone through stages where they have let go of high salary people and, and replace them with less people with institutional knowledge. But when they want something and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are the perfect example, like they have 90 million dollars to spend. You know what I mean? So they're a little different. They're a little different than Sportsnet and um, and TSN in that when they decide that they want to go big, they will. So that's but they attach the they
0: the salaries that they of the people that they hire are generally attached to the product and yes. product on which great point they do. In other words, right. if you do NFL football, NFL football is a big revenue generator exactly. for ESPN, Right. We'll pay you ten million dollars, twenty million dollars. Right. You're right. If you're doing sports center, you know, <laughs> you're, forget you're, it.
1: You're, yeah, you either you know the Sports Center anchors of your Dan Patrick, Keith Oberman, uh, you know Craig Kilborn, people Mike Tarico, whatever people like that. Yeah. Those were seven-figure guys. You know, oh yeah,
0: but they were they were experienced and they were great. Right.
1: Today, if you are a other than Scott Van Pelt, who they've sort of built a franchise around, if you're working at Sports Center, uh, generally speaking, like a midday kind of Sports Center anchor, I mean, you know, you're in the two hundred thousand dollar, two fifty range. Like it, the the salary structure has gone down massively so that's how they have you know their argument would be and by the way i feel like sportsnet and tsn make this argument too maybe with the exception of like a james duffy or ron mclean or something like that the espn argument has always been espn is what sells sports center is what sells you on television are essentially a replaceable changeable part it's the brand it's the four letters that the audience is coming to. believe that No, what the talent with I'm talent and what talent says is that's BS because without us, without our skills, without people being interested in what we have to say, people don't come. So, no, I don't believe that at all. I think that is a I think that is a management credo that, um, again, gets back to my initial point that so many people in those positions are judged like you said, Bob, on um what the the budget at the end of the year is and sure. the easiest way to get that number down is to cut salary i don't know this this is just like my speculation but you know at the end of the year there was somebody um when you left rogers who was rewarded for the fact that they had just cut this many dollars out of the budget
0: well i, I i'll tell you what i know for sure is when I was there, we were making between 4 and $7 million a year profit on wow, primetime.
1: That, that does not happen radio anymore. Profit. Yeah.
0: And I, that was confirmed by Scott By Moore himself after he left, too. He and I had a meeting one time at his new office, and uh, and he brought that up. And I, I, I knew it was, there was, it was profitable. I didn't know exactly how profitable it was. Right, right. And I was making a, a boatload of money. Well, they get rid of my salary. And what happens immediately? Immediately, profit disappears. It it's gone. It, that show does not make money anymore. The ratings went down, the advertisers left, and the show is maybe it's profitable, but I doubt but you I know. don't know. Yeah. It's just but I it's- mean the,
1: the other thing for the for the people who are there now, it's just it's it's just different. They're not they're not really promoted, they don't really I mean, I feel bad for the, you know, I obviously am friendly with still the people who are left there. I got a lot of respect for, you know, Blake Murphy and, and, uh, you know, I worked with Blair obviously for a while and Ben Annis, but like you watch Sportsnet, do you ever see or do you rarely see promotion for the radio division like during nothing? DJ's games or Raptors games? I mean, occasionally it's like a scroll, but it's, Nah, it's, it's considered virtually known, right? It's considered like
0: virtually nothing. Mind an, you, we got, we got virtually nothing too. I
1: agree. It's like an afterthought. So it's just, it's, I feel for those guys because it, it's has to be depressing when your own place isn't promoting you because that's the only way. I mean, if nothing else, let's forget about um, the idea of people listening at a certain time, maybe overdrive on TSN is the last place where people are doing that. If you're really serious about building out an audio business, you have to promote these podcasts. I mean, like I, Matt Devlin should be reading ads to me, like, you know, on the Raptors games for whatever this programming is that that's the way to build the business. But it doesn't have it. At least in my experience, when I watch, it doesn't happen.
0: Nelson Milman, the former program director at the fan had a saying, I, and, I, and I always loved, it. he said, radio is a medium, but television is a large. He's right. And that's, and that's, good. and, that's the and way even sports... that's
1: changing, but he's right. Yeah.
0: that. Sportsnet treated radio that way.
1: Yeah. And we, we will now, as we head forward, of course, the real interesting question, because Canada is always a couple of years behind the U.S. in the trends. And so the question will be heading forward. Well, TSN and Sportsnet have to figure out um, a streaming product that makes them money because less and less people have cable every year. It's a little bit better. I think the churn is a little bit better in Canada than it is in the States. But eventually, they're going to have to figure out, like, can they get some kind of ESPN Plus-like product that is really, really profitable? Um, and that's going to be a big question. You know, well, like, they have you know, podcasts. You know, you know this, They do. But, but, you know, like, that hockey contract obviously was an albatross for Roger Sportsnet. That's going to come up again. And at a certain point, Sportsnet's going to have to make a big de- – or it's not really Sportsnet. Roger's is going to have to make a decision. Like, do we still want to be in the hockey business with those – you know, at, at that kind of money? I, I wonder.
0: Oh, well, I, I, I can't even imagine what they will do. What? They, uh, what it was what not, a, I mean,
1: they, it, the deal, I mean, they have to obviously just sort of go forward and you got to put the best face on it. But the deal was a terrible deal financially for them. Sure, it was. And so the question now, especially with COVID, so mm-hmm. now the question is going to be they have to make a big decision. And the big decision is like, do they want to be in the hockey business still? But
0: CBC and TSN, the their opposition effectively. Yeah. Knows it was a bad deal too. They so do. They aren't going to bid a huge amount. Oh,
1: you you would know this better than me. I feel like you have a better feel for this. Obviously, living here forever is. Do you think the scenario exists where the three big, 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 big guns here would combine on a bid and oh, then they sure. share the product? I feel like well, that's look, the best way to do it.
0: TSN and and which uh, is Bell and Rogers, who hate each other corporately. Went together to buy the Maple Leaf, buy LSE. Yeah, you're right. So why, you know, why wouldn't they do that with the the, the television property?
1: I feel like that's the that given the, what I'm sure the. But um, even that,
0: even yeah. that, all that gives you is a percentage of of what's out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, where where can't you still can't pay that kind of money?
1: Yeah, where where I feel like I don't know if it was the Sportsnet executives at the time or the NHL kind of snookered him, but the idea that. um I think where Sportsnet, in hindsight, obviously was way off is the, the the interest in like if you live in Toronto, like somehow the interest of watching a Canucks game at ten o'clock nationally, like the, the exactly numbers were right. never there, you know, like the. the, Keith the Keith it's Pelly a local was, game. Yeah.
0: Keith Pelly was the uh, the head guy of Roger Sports at the time, and Keith's been a longtime friend of mine, and I remember sitting in his office and we we started talking about this kind of stuff. This is be this is I think I want to say before the deal was done, even when they were just negotiating it, and he had of course his entire office was stuff on the walls, numbers all over the place
1: <laughs> gretzky Paul.
0: and uh and he said the real key, as you pointed out, was we get all the games, you know we get we will we'll carry seven games they at the beginning of year in one, I think they had seven games. On a Saturday night, they they broadcast. Wow. And he thought he said, you know, we get a you get a million for the lease, you know, we'll get five million or ten million or whatever, if we have all these games. And I said, no, you won't. I said the problem is that the only people you're going to add to what you have now are people who aren't fans of the Vancouver Canucks. Will they watch the occasional game, I guess so, if they're bored, but generally speaking. The numbers are going to be the same numbers, and so they went out in the street and tried to sell this new, prospective, you know, ramped up thing for an outrageous amount of money. Advertisers told them to screw off. So right from day one, um, like I, I believe they lost four hundred million dollars in year one. Wow, I mean,
1: and yet yeah, and I'm sure,
0: I'm and it sure probably that hasn't gotten much our- better.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you just sort of, and again, I'm not, I don't want a money money quarterback cause I, it's not like I'm some kind of genius, but I think if you just sort of step back, like if we've learned anything, if you live, Bob, if you live in Ottawa, right. And you're a Senators fan, you're, unless you are the biggest NHL fan, the, the idea of watching the Kings and the flames exactly. is not, it's, it's not that enticing. Like right. you, you want to watch the Senators cause that's your team. But like, it's not the NFL where it's only 16, it's only 17 games and it's once a week and you have a fantasy team and you're like into everybody. It's just the, the inventory of the NHL and the NBA is so much that you're not excited for a a regular season game on a Saturday night, unless it's your team.
0: Every sport is like that except football, right?
1: Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like I like, I both of us like baseball, right? Yeah. But if you, if you saw the Reds versus the angels, like, is that wouldn't watch. Exactly. Like, it's just like, uh, I like, maybe I'd watch if I was super bored for a, a little bit, but not really.
0: Yeah. I, I really have no interest in that.
1: And that's where I think like the amount of money clearly that was clearly uh, yeah, for the sport. I mean, again, like I get it, like culturally, like hockey means something to this country. And so I, I understand sort of the pitch on it, but I'm, I'm very interested for the next deal because it would seem to me to be financial suicide. For either of these, com- for any of these companies, to go into that same kind of deal, like it's just, it's been proven that the the market for NHL hockey nationally has its limits.
0: Well, remember what they used to do. You probably you probably don't because you weren't here, but at the beginning they did uh, intermissions for every game, and they were separate intermissions. Wow! So when they built their studios down at C V Z Building on on Front Street and i I've, I've been in there i've i've done my show from there they had several studios they would have they could have 3 intermission shows going at once
1: <laughs> that's amazing that's very expensive that's amazing well, they don't do
0: that anymore do they yeah yeah so they would and they'd have I mean, now think about it so you'd have 4 people on each desk you'd have to fly them in cuz they all live someplace else put them up in a hotel pay the per diems all the other expenses Everything and they did they did that over and over and over and over and over, over again. Millions of dollars. Millions. That's all gone. Yeah. You know? Again,
1: and and you know, I mean, again, like the not to say that was great spending, but back then the advertising market was also in a much better place. So you had many more people who wanted to be part of that. The one thing that has really
0: well and podcasts hadn't taken a chunk out of the out of the T right. V market and radio well, market.
1: No, yeah. Today, I mean, advertising, um, media advertising is way way down all across north america so like the, the notion of even you know i think the people who are selling for sportsnet and for tsn I, I think it's a real struggle now like i you know you they you still see who the sponsors are but back you know back when you're talking about the start of the deal i think it was i think you would have a chance to get many more companies to jump on than today i think it's a lot i think companies are much um they're just not as free spending anymore or they don't have the budget anymore that they did back then
0: well let's talk i want to talk a little bit about the future i know this is kind of your topic but we'll do that we got to take a break first because we have advertisers um <laughs> with richard deitch today shannon is uh, on vacation back after this uh bob account richard deitch with you um i know this is your topic but is there a future for sports radio do you think Well, when when it started, you had to believe that it would go on forever and ever. Amen. that it was a format that was that people liked, that it was economically viable, even though it's costly. You had how many 400, 500 sports stations, all sports stations in North America, something something like like that. that. Yeah. I don't know how many there are now, but I'll bet there aren't as many.
1: Less, but still a lot. Yeah. Still a lot. So my my answer to you is yes um what will change and what has changed is the distribution of it what i what i think will will i think there will be only a certain amount of cities bob that can have a 24/7 sports radio station like new york boston philly i think like those kind of markets i think at least in the near to medium term can still can still sustain 24 7 programming of sports where they can make money on it, or at least a little bit of money on it. And I think they'll continue. Those stations are generally owned by bigger companies, you know, yeah. Odyssey or who, you know, Whoever. I don't know who owns the Boston ones, but you know, you know my point, like, you know, yeah, big media companies. So that's sort of part one. So I think in some cities, the short answer is yes. In other places, I think you would be looking at either abbreviated sports talk or, and this is the more likelihood, and again, this is sort of what uh, Sportsnet has already done, I think you're, generally speaking, creating content that is just for on-demand, like you're creating podcasts at a certain point. So Sports Talk itself, like the what we are doing now, which I would consider Sports Talk, like that will continue long after both of us have passed. It's just what is the distribution form going to be? And my only thought is the distribution form has to be where someone provides the content and then you have the choice to listen to it whenever you want. I am in terms so, of... So, so
0: this show, for instance, would be a radio show to be on at some point during the day, but then becomes a podcast where you, yeah. if you missed it during the day, you can listen to anything. Correct. Like it. I think right. if
1: if if you were doing like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh very big shows now like pat McAfee has one and others have one where they just essentially they're doing it essentially via like a YouTube kind of presence. Okay. So right. they do the they do what we're doing now. You could watch it live like you like like if someone was able to watch us live right now or they just listen to it uh later either by watching the video replay or they listen to it like you know via Apple, Spotify. Right. Same thing. The the only thing different that you don't do is you you don't you're not People can't watch us live right now, but all that is going to, that's sort of the but reality.
0: They, they, all they have to do is wait a couple hours until we post everything. Correct.
1: Right. So that, but I'm saying like, that's, the, that's what sports talk is now and sort of heading forward is it's going to be people who decide on whatever the predetermined time is that they'll hate whatever they're going to do or, or film, whatever they're going to do. Some people will listen to it at that time. I think the majority will sort of consume it afterwards where it's tricky for me to figure out is let's take Toronto for instance like what does that mean in a city like Toronto and will TSN and Rogers still have like some kind of live sports talk which I could listen to um if I am driving around or if I am in my I mean like the
0: fan or TSN radio like
1: the fan still has my only thought (laughs) is that if they, if Rogers is still involved in sports like the Blue Jays or the Raptors, I think they're still going to have a like an audio, a live audio presence because I think it helps promote that product. If they ever got out of the sports owner ownership business, I think they would kill the radio stuff like that day. So I think that this yeah. is just my take. I, I don't. I, I, this I is think not a some place. truth in that. Yeah. Yeah. My my thought is that a lot of what they do whatever is left now for audio and radio has as much to do with promoting the sports properties. And obviously promoting like the fact that they're a, they're a telecom, right? Promoting their, their, their essentially that you need them to communicate in life. Um, So I think, yeah, I think, I I think if you asked us, if you asked me five years from now, like will either TSN or Sportsnet have some kind of radio show where if I was in my car and turned it on, I could get it live. I, I think my answer would be yes. But I think, I bet you it'd be less shows in five years than it is today. Like, I would not be surprised if, uh, if, I mean, if nothing else, they just, they decide to just pick up some national show. Uh, you know, like, I'm, they use U.S., I'm making this up. They use United States uh, sports programming from 10 a.m. to, to, well, that to was done. 7 p.m. Yeah. And then they just, they do, they do the live, they have a morning show and then, then they, they do the Blue Jays or they do the Maple Leafs and that's it. Something like that, I would that would not surprise me. No, uh, I, I, I it's going to get. Che- I think there. I think everything seems to be gearing towards le- the the least amount of dollars right that they can spend to put on any kind of programming, and ultimately, pickup is cheaper than paying yeah. live people to do it.
0: Well, I don't know whether they still do because I don't listen to them, but TSN used to carry the Dan Patrick show.
1: I think, I'm, yeah, I feel like I've, I, I don't, yeah, I should know this. I, I think they still do. Sportsnet.
0: Sportsnet, CBS,
1: CBS Sports
0: Radio is there. Picking. Yeah, I know that, that's overnight mostly. Yeah. But they, remember the sports babe? Yeah, they picked her up, right? We we carry the sports babe. 10 wow. o'clock in the morning or something, 10 to 2 or something. Did you
1: guys ever have, did you have ESPN radio or the TSN must have? No, TSN,
0: who's partly owned by ESPN.
1: That's right. Okay.
0: So they got all their programming.
1: Now, again, this is, this, that kind of stuff is incredibly um, anti-sportsman in Toronto. It's almost insulting to, to have. It's totally insulting because it has
0: nothing to do with them.
1: You're, you're, you're driving around or whatever, or you're listening to your home, and, and it's an hour on the Dallas Cowboys when you're a Maple Leafs and Blue Jays fan.
0: Or worse than that, some college football team. You, you right, know.
1: yeah. It, it's an hour on Alabama versus Ohio State, and you don't care about this at all. So not care less. Yeah. I, again, to me, if I was in charge, I do think there I, – I think we talked about this at Sportsnet. One of the things that always blew me away – and, you know, who who the hell am I? Some stupid American who came up here – but when I came up here in 2018, the market, the sports podcasting market, had still was in its infancy in Canada. Yes, and I could never believe that Sportsnet and TSN, with all the dollars that they had, just like did not decide to just be like, we're going to hire the 20 best audio people and producers in the world. We're going to get like all this on-air talent, and we're going to basically create our own podcast network and and make a million billion dollars and dominate. Instead, what happened is they allowed the biggest podcast from America to come in, saturate the market. And so you look now and you might see like the Bill Simmons show or Spitting Chicklets or whatever. Well, yeah, there's still the Bob McCown podcast and there's still Overdrive. But it blew me away that no one decided to invest money to basically own that space. And, it, and everybody still is playing catch up. Well, it points uh, to the seen.
0: stupidity of of management over the last five years in broadcasting. I just i, I couldn't. That was one that I just I couldn't believe. Well, how any of them have their jobs is beyond me. I don't know
1: if any. I'm not. I mean, I think a lot of people have maybe don't have their jobs, but uh, you know, I, again, like people, you know, this like it's it's a tough business. Um, there's less jobs. It's people not that dead. tough.
0: You know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll, it's it's really not a tough business. It's it's a logical business. Just look at what's going on around you and react accordingly. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all we did it. for 40 years. Yeah. In doing Not a yet. radio show. Just look at what's going on around you. What are people interested in? What direction is society going? You know, where's the technology? All true. You know, we 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 started with a radio show, then it became a radio show on television. We were the first yeah. to do a radio show on television. And yeah. we were on 15 hours a week on television. But it was still considered a radio show, and right. it was presented as a radio program. We didn't look at the cameras. Uh, you were sat in that studio, you know, many times. No. Yeah. We never paid any attention to the cameras. No, you just did none whatsoever. Yep. yep, we didn't talk to them. We didn't do anything. We were very unTV. Um, that's gone essentially now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean the thing that the, the thing that I that sort of and again, I'm not management. I'll never be management. It's just not me. The thing that's always frustrating to me is that like you have to invest, Bob. you have to invest in a product or in people to grow it, right and like that's got just the reality of life. It. you have to and and too much of sports media in particular is the opposite. it's cutting money, it's cutting product, it's cutting inventory, it's cutting humans, and then still trying to expect quality it, 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 it's not the way it should work, no, but I know. again you know and and I guess on like on the one hand, it'd be like, okay, like if you're this struggling company and you don't have any money, I get it. But like, talking I mean, Rogers and Bell are monopolies, man. Telco monopolies, money is generally speaking not an issue
0: for them. No, I know. Yeah. But look at look at what they did in sports then. You know, when they they started chopping salaries. Look at the salary. It was all dollars and cents. It was me. Yep. It Was Kiprios. Yep. It was McClain
1: Brunt. All those guys. Yeah.
0: Well, it wasn't Brunt, but it was Shan, at that time. Yep with Shannon, and then later on, it was guys like you and Brunt and whatever. But yeah. it was all Scott MacArthur. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of all talent. guys
0: who made some money. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: I mean, again, like, but it was again, the, it was
0: also the guys who made your network.
1: I don't know if I'd put myself in there, but I would certainly put you in there. But yeah, listen, I, I, I and I am a breacher. The Rogers paid me some pretty good money. I mean, changed my financial life unquestionably. Yeah, but but I am of the belief that like, you know, like you you. In the sports media, you have to—if you're an organization—you have to make a decision. Like, if you, what do you stand for? And if you, and if you're gonna, if you want people to to buy quality, right? If you want, if you, if you're telling people that we are a quality editorial product, like journalism costs money. Like, on-air talent costs money. Like, you have to pay. That's and and in return, you will get a good product that you should be able to. But sell don't you also. think
0: decisions like that, like like us all being fired should be made by people who understand the industry, who are sports of, people. Of course, but you, but, but you they weren't. You
1: know, me and you know the reality. Those are decisions made by business people, by management people, by people who generally, generally, and again, I'm I'm putting more in Yabsley in this because they had bosses themselves, but generally speaking.
0: But he didn't fire me. He corporate, fire you, you know,
1: it's true. corporate, corporate managers, Bob, usually come up from the business world, correct? They, they take that path and in many cases i think we're certainly seeing this at rogers now there are people who specialize in cutting costs that is why they are in those positions they are rewarded for those positions they are not growth people they are not creatives i mean the the my dream and i've been lucky a couple times has always been to work for people for business people who are also creatives who 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 love and believe in talent but generally in too many too many positions you're right. Management is not from the creative side or not from the, the, the broadcast side or the on-air side. They're yeah, they're management. Where you where the best thing that you could get is management types, and I think I certainly see them in the US, who have a great fondness and respect for talent, but yet they have the management chops and they were sort of developed in that world. That's someone who under, you know, the people who understand business, but at the same time, like respect. The quality of the work, that's a good manager. Uh, um, I wish there were more, I guess I would say, of those types.
0: Now, the people that dismissed us, if they are still around, and I suspect not. but
1: The ones who dismissed me are, but yeah, not you. um, (laughs) They're gone.
0: So here's the question. Would they make the argument that they made the right decision?
1: I think they'd make the argument they were told by management above them that they had to make the decision. Well,
0: whoever made the decision. Yeah, you
1: know, it's like do uh, you ever see Apocalypse Now when uh, Brando's telling Sheehan that you're you're a you're you're an errand boy, so you're a messenger. Yeah. yeah, it's like that. I mean, they didn't have that. Uh, they didn't have they, this. Is we're not talking about the head of Rogers, right? We're talking about people who like are the
0: enemy. The enemy of TV. The enemy of Sportsnet is not TSN. The enemy of Sportsnet is podcasts.
1: Well, I would I would say a lot of times the enemy of Sportsnet. Is its, is, is its own management. Uh,
0: well, uh, the enemy of the fan, let me put it that way, the yeah. enemy of radio right now is is podcasts. It's not the other radio stations. Because you can get, you can get anything you want whenever you want it. You just push a button in your car and you can listen to us.
1: Yeah, by the way, just so I can point it out. Yeah, the line is, you're an errand boy sent by grocery Kirks to collect a bill. One of the great Thank lines you. in movie history. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I, I it's, it's not the enemy. It's just, it's, it's the current and the future. Um, the, the the world, I don't know why I sort of say this. We're not going back to a world where like everybody is on the road, uh, traveling every day of the week to whatever their nine to five job is. Like, that's just, that's that's just not the world that said there's still a lot of people who are in cars. There's still a lot of people who are at home who want to listen to something live. And to me, there is a there is a business proposition where you can do something that resembles sort of live sports radio and then package it into some kind of profitable on-demand audio product. In some ways, the fan, Sportsnet, is trying to do that, and I think that's, generally speaking, a good thing. My argument would be, one, they were way late, two, you can't... Try that kind of um, that kind of philosophy and direction, Bob, if you don't promote your product so people know about it. You must invest, right, in well, of course. talent, in marketing and stuff. And this gets back to what we were just talking about now. You have this massive television network. If you don't tell the people who are watching your television network that you have this audio podcast, right, that you should watch, like how will I know – That it exists. They, I guess, they do it for a couple, like American, you know, Thirty Two Thoughts, which is very successful. I'm happy for uh, for Jeff and Elliot, but it's generally like the only one where I ever see any publicity for. And if you think about it, they're the ones who are top five, top ten in Canada, so it seems to work. It just, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes just, again, having covered ESPN and Fox Sports and CBS for a long time, and it's not like they do everything right. But there are some things that they just fundamentally do that I don't see in this country. And it it just, I shake my head. I just don't understand it.
0: No, you're right. Listen, I can, there was a time people will remember. Um, I used to have a billboard campaign every ratings time, every rating. I didn't campaign.
1: know that was before my time, but that's interesting. Yeah. Big
0: billboard. And the, the one that was up for years was there was a big billboard of me right across from the Air Canada Center oh. in what was a parking lot before. <laughs> right. And there's now some office building, I think, but um, you know, I got recognized all over the place. And this is like this is not TV advertising; this was radio advertising, billboards all over the place. Forget magazines and newspapers and things like that; there was that too. But the billboard campaign was up there. You know, this is this is a company who is saying, "Hey, listen to us, and we will, and yeah. we're worth it because." and we're going to go out and sell advertising based on the fact that you listen. Yep. But they wouldn't spend the money to advertise themselves on other media. Well, here's
1: the thing. So here's the thing. And this is, this is, and this is like, I hope for anybody who's listening to this, an important point, the whole, this whole business is a connection business. I have to feel like if I'm listening to Bob McCallum, like, I have to feel like I know Bob account. I want to engage with Bob account. So how do you do that, Bob? And this is where like a billboard campaign like does work. It connects me as the listener, as the consumer with the person who is providing whatever that sports content or sports talk is like there is a real connection. But it gets back to what we sort of started with this. yeah, You have to invest money to make money. There's no way around that. And if the cut and we we see it all throughout Canada, I mean, post media just had massive cuts, you know, at a certain point if the media industry continues to consolidate and it's cuts, 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 what are you telling your consumer? You're telling your consumer that this is just not an important property. And then if yeah. it's not an important property as a consumer, why am I- Why consuming? am I
0: watching it? Yeah, or listening to it, right? I'll
1: just, you know, I mean, it's not good for society, but I'll just go to Netflix, right? Yeah. Or I'll just or I'll just go watch a movie.
0: Deitch, we gotta take another break. We'll, Richard Deitch is with us. We'll come back in a minute. Stick around. McCown and Deitch back with you. Have we uh, have we run the course with that topic of conversation? Yeah, wait. You want to
1: talk about you want to talk about the Leafs' third line?
0: Uh, I I'd, I'd like to, Sim- but I have no idea who's on it. Timothy
1: Lilligren. No, yeah, I think we've. I mean, I think you know we've covered. It. I I would just again for anybody who's listening as a consumer, you know, you do have a little bit of power here, and the power is always with economics. Power is always with your purse. You know, that's how you. That's the only many times in my experience, like that's generally the only way. Like corporations listen. So if, if someone's not providing you with the kind of content or entertainment you want, you're, you have the power of the purse. You have the power to not listen. You have the power not to buy. Um,
0: well, that's you know. happened in sports radio. Yeah. I, I saw ratings um, not so long ago. I was, I was astounded at how much they dropped.
1: Yeah, I think, again, the, the, I was in the post-COVID here. world, there's very, very little people, it seems like, a very small universe now listening live to sports radio in toronto where again i i would say the numbers are are just as you know in podcasting and this is where you in my opinion would hire people who are skilled at uh finding advertising for on-demand audio
0: yeah you find people who are you know
1: you find you find obviously talent that can do great podcasts you find producers who are awesome you know one thing that one of the one of the things that I really like was a great thing about working at sports. Then was I just met um, a, a lot of great and talented producers. I loved our two producers, Matt Marchese and Jeff azaparty you know, Mark Boffle was a was a great producer. You had Mike Gentilli. There's a guy, Amal Delic. He's the best audio producer I've ever worked with, and I've worked with a lot of them at the Athletic and Sports Illustrated. So. It's I can tell people who are listening, and you got most of people here listen don't know who those names are, but there's always behind the scenes talent. That's generally never the issue. There's always good people oh, yeah. like, around. It's just at a certain point you do get hamstrung by management. And again, it gets back to what we were saying. Like, you gotta make a decision. Like to me, like you're in the sports media business, and if you're in it, be in it. Spend money.
0: No, I know I was never overproduced. I was never told what to do. Yes, I didn't have right. management down my throat. You did well. You, all, but you do.
1: have, but you also, to be very blunt, you had leverage and you add ratings, and so if you have that, you're you're going to get some autonomy.
0: But that was I. I didn't. I didn't create autonomy myself, be, even though I knew I had that kind of stuff. It's just I didn't get that. They let me do my thing. Right. And I think you probably felt the same way, didn't you?
1: I, I didn't. Uh, I, I did with you, and then. I wouldn't say anybody ever like told me and Blair what to do or me and Anna what to do. It just was different. It just, you know, we, I went through multiple, you know, you left then and they got rid of the person program director who hired me. They got rid of the assistant program director. So it was, I was in a very different spot in that everything around me was changing. So it wasn't like anybody was telling me like what to do on a specific show. I just think there was no direction at that time. And I felt like, yeah. I, I'm sure you, I'm sure Blair felt the same way. Like we sort of felt just like we were adrift and just trying to figure out and no offense to Jeff Blair, but I didn't, you know, you wouldn't have partnered us together. Like we just, we were a shotgun marriage. And so I, I had autonomy, Bob, uh, like when we were talking about whatever we were talking about on the show, but it, it was no direction outside of that. And that was, that was hard to figure out.
0: Would you go back and do it again? Well, I love the medium. I you know. Out. The interesting thing is, I I don't know if you can answer this, money aside, because look at the truth of the matter is that with the kind of money that I was making, would I go back and do it again? Yes, I would. For that money? It it would be, yeah, for that money. Right, yeah. Now, see, now, Kiprios went back. This is interesting. Very few people have.
1: I imagine for nowhere close to the money he was paid.
0: I'm guessing 20% of what he was being paid.
1: And I listen, I if he, and I I like Nick. I'm glad he's on the air. I think he's a really important. Oh, I listener. love Nick.
0: I, yeah. I got I got no issue with that, and he's entitled to do whatever he wants to do. And he if, probably, you know what? He
1: was a professional hockey player, so he probably had money saved. So maybe money's not as big an I, issue.
0: I have no idea. Yeah, uh, it's not. I'm not making a comment on Nick. I'm just saying, you know, Nick was given an opportunity, and he took it. You did.
1: Yeah, I would I would say this. I would only go back if I was working with people who I really like you or if I wanted to work with. Um, I think my preference though would probably be to do like uh, podcasts that I do with with people I work with. I, 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 I think that to me is the future. Um, and I I mean, I, I could I, I just on a personal note, I could not go back to work for people who let me go but if management changed and I would think about it in that sense, but uh, yeah, it'd be tough. It's just a different, you know, it's different. It's not, it's not what it was when I worked with you even in three years ago, it's just no, a different you're way. right,
0: and, and I mean, that's why I asked the question. Yeah. I mean, look at, we can sit here and have a big ego and say, you know, if we went back, it would be the same as it was. It would probably wouldn't be. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Right? I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think you could sort of duplicate anything, um, and there's no way you'd be paid what you were paid before. I think what I do love, though, is I love, as you do, I love live radio. And I love like the connection you can have with somebody listening to it in real time. And that I do miss. I think that's a cool thing.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I wouldn't go back now since I discovered this. I mean, this is one hour a day.
1: Yeah, no. You should. I mean, if I was a part, your,
0: great part-time job.
1: Correct. If I was your agent, I would say you are insane to go back. Do not go back. I might even lock you in your house to not make yeah, sure. Yeah, I used to.
0: Do, I used to do three hours a day, but that be, that became five hours when you figure getting ready to go to work. <laughs> yeah,
1: prep all getting that. Up,
0: stuff. Getting in yeah. the car, driving down to the place, parking there, all that other nonsense, and then getting home. It was a. It was like a five-hour day. Yeah. No. Don't but tell the audience. Don't up. tell the audience how easy you have it. This is so easy. I'm in my home, you know, I might not have any pants on right now. You don't <laughs> care, and the audience doesn't know. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, we know on vacation, Shannon probably doesn't. So
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> so and and relatively speaking, in terms of revenue, you know, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Exactly. So,
1: no, you you I I always believed that if you got into this when you were out at Sportsnet. That you would love it and that it would be profitable. Um, and I think I didn't.
0: Yeah, I was I think, convinced you know what? it wouldn't be.
1: And your timing was good. Uh it would be different if you tried to get into it now. I'm not saying you wouldn't have a show, you would, but I think your timing was also really good.
0: I and, think we got lucky, yeah, on, yeah. In that regard.
1: You know what? You know this in, in media. Sometimes you gotta get lucky. Timing matters. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well, all the time. Uh we gotta get out of here. Uh that was enjoyable. That was interesting. I hope the Thanks. audience found it interesting. I hope so too. Um, you're going to be with us again tomorrow? I will. Doug Smith will join us. We'll uh, talk a little hoops and a trade deadline coming up. What do the Raptors do? I don't know if you watched last night against Sacramento, but uh, they, they looked pretty good last night. They did. They did. It's a funny, funny thing, isn't it? Yeah. So that's tomorrow. Doug Smith of the Toronto Star. For Richard Deitch, Bob Account. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody.